Welcome back to the Brooklyn Poets Yobcast for April 11th, 2022. Featuring poet Luther Hughes leading our workshop and kicking off the open mic. I am your host and MC once again, Jason Koo. The Brooklyn Poets Yop is a monthly poetry workshop and open mic formerly held at 61 Local in Cobble Hill and broadcast now on Zoom for the foreseeable future, maybe just the next couple of months until we open our new space in Brooklyn Heights. For more information, go to brooklynpoets.org. This month's open mic lineup featured Stella Lee, Arthur Russell, Bridget Duffy, Evans Pemba, Bill Livingston, Jessica Peterson, Jess Gagne, Preeti Shah, Frank Rubino, Desiree Rucker, Jacob Patemri, Maya Huggins, Melissa Karim, Haley Stahl, Danielle Gasparo, Seth Leeper, Vale Larkin, and last but not least, Tawanga Leslie. So, let's get right to the action of the Brooklyn Poets Yop Open Mic for April 11th, 2022. Enjoy. folks welcome back to the open mic portion of the brooklyn poets yop for april 2022 as t.s Eliot once said april is the cruelest month but uh we're not going to use that as a tone setter i'm not sure why i just quoted that but it's the first thing that came to mind when i thought of april uh on in happier news uh if you're a baseball fan uh, baseball is back. If you're a basketball fan, the playoffs are about to start. So there's a lot going on in the world of sports, uh, including uh, a Cleveland Guardians player by the name of Stephen Kwan, an Asian American player from my beloved Cleveland baseball team, who is just tearing it up. He is literally invincible, it seems. And uh, it's one of the things that's got me excited in life. So uh, you may not know who the hell he is, but it's like my version of Lynn Sanity. It's like my personal version of Lynn Sanity. Uh, so uh, Google Stephen Kwan, see what comes up. We've already started calling him Obi-Kwan Kenobi. Uh, but we are not here for baseball or Stephen Kwan. We are here for poems. Uh, and we are here specifically to uh, hear the uh, readers on our open mic list, along with Luther Hughes, who will kick things off. But before we do that, a couple of announcements about the open mic and the format. Uh, every month, we vote for Poem of the Month at the Yop. And to vote for Poem of the Month, you just text me at 718-374-1953. I will put that number in the chat. And you can just text me the poet's name. And that will constitute your vote. Uh, we will be screen sharing the text of the poems during the open mic. I ask you to wait till the end of the open mic to cast your vote. It's respectful to hear all of the contestants <laughs> rather than just <laughs> voting after like the first one. I also ask that you mute yourselves if you are not muted. Uh, I'm not sure whose laughter I heard. That was a joyful laugh, but also uh, anyway, just you, you know why. Um, uh, it helps with the recording. But uh, now I've lost my train of thought completely <laughs> because of that laugh. Uh, poem of the Month, 718-374-1953. We also record the open mic as a podcast every month that we call the Yopcast. 
We publish it on SoundCloud and uh, iTunes. You can subscribe to it on iTunes. In fact, we would love it if you would do that and rate us five stars. It helps other people find the open mic and all of the poets reading for it. Uh, we usually publish it a couple weeks after the open mic concludes. And remember again to send us your selfies or tag us at Brooklyn Poets on Instagram because uh, it would be great to uh, archive the wonderful poets joining us for the Yop tonight uh, by way of pictures that you yourself have taken and curated rather than the uh, less than ideal and probably blurry screenshots that I'm going to be taking <laughs> during the open mic. And that goes for you too, Luther, and all of you staff members and all of you people reading. Uh, it would be great if you would uh, you know, shine a light on yourselves the way you want to be shined on, because I guarantee you my screenshot will not be as good as the photo you take, no matter how bad you think the photo is. Um, I can't wait for the age of screenshots to end. I can't tell you how much I can't wait for that. I used to love taking photos of poets at our events themselves when we did them in person, and hopefully that uh, will be happening again very soon uh, this June. Okay, uh, I believe that is all. So uh, I'm going to start screen sharing. And uh, our first reader tonight is Luther Hughes. Thanks. Um, do you think? Oh, thank you. Um, hey, y'all, I'm going to just start. I'm going to start. I'm going to start. Cool. Um, this poem is from my debut collection coming out in September um, called A Shiver in the Leaves was coming from Boa Editions. So catch it, Shiver in the Leaves of Boa Editions on September 27th. And this poem is from that collection. It is February. Some odd stream of oak trees line the sidewalk like a phrase that never leaves the mind. I love you or I have love for you. He kissed me this morning beneath the gray quilt of late winter like he loves me and there's a difference in the work of nature today. Sometimes difference is simple, but today there's a woman at the bus stop screaming, I hate you, you fucking nigger. I watch as sunlight crumbles against Lake Washington, watch a bird that appears at first to be a raven, but with the subtle twitch of its blouse wing, turns crow as it lands next to a puddle of trash. Is the woman angry or frustrated? There's a freckling of pigeons tired of the leftover Starbucks. There's a man grabbing the ass of another looking at me as if I were a forest to be lost in. There's always a way hunger declares itself. Is that what it means to be black in Seattle? Standing here admiring the rotting moan of car horns as if nothing were happening. The white man next to me looks at me and shakes his head, mouth shedding a smirk. A police car sirens a group of women not to cross loud red foul. If wondering, the woman is black. Does that make a difference? On my phone, I read a caption that says, Missed two, but got four. Next time they won't be so lucky. Referencing four birds, each shot in the head or the unseemly breast. Does knowing the birds are American crows make a difference? There's smoke climbing out the sewer. There's a child laughing or crying. 
In the article beneath 14-year-old George Steiny Jr. is killed by electric chair for being accused of murdering two white girls. His blackness is never mentioned. This matters. It matters more than the shot crows, more than the woman who by now is so quiet, a city of her own. As I get on the bus, I wonder if she has a son. I want a son, which might be weird given I am newly in love, given that we are black. Isn't it irresponsible to raise a child in this city of Mammoth Hills and Mount Rainier teething away at the sky? I think I will die before I get the privilege. Sometimes I slush through this city and feel like I have died already. Thank you, Luther. Uh, beautiful poem, heartbreaking poem. Uh, I can't wait for your book. I, I, I literally feel like I can't wait. I feel like I've been asking for like the last year when it's gonna come out uh, so that you can come read for a reading series. But uh, uh, I'm sure I speak for everyone when I tell you uh, how much we all anticipate it because I think it's going to going to be a kind of a game changer uh, for the art of poetry and for all of us poetry lovers. So uh, thank you. And uh, we appreciate you kicking off this open mic hour with such a, a terrific poem. Okay, uh, we are on to the open mic proper. Uh, our first reader of the night as it often is because she's <laughs> always the first to sign up which is very smart and also has a benefit of uh, giving us an amazing poem after the featured reader every month is Stella Lee. Thank you. I don't know how to say I love you. Crystal, I forgot this name is still mine. Your voice is so small and you feel, feel ill-suited. Crystal, what I want to say is that you are what I called myself when I was my mother's daughter. Crystal, a name meant to be my own, but erased before I received a birth certificate. I have too many names. They fade in and out like memories that don't know how to die. They come up hungry with teeth and mouths open wide, biting and chewing on parts of a mind made cloudy. I try to make out the syllables of these names, but they keep turning up murky like the crystals I put on my dresser to absorb all the shadows that keep following me. Crystal, I remember how many times you stayed away while these dark spirits curved through your walls. Crystal, you need an exorcism. I will put you down to rest along with my mother, lay you there beside her and her name, Mama. I think my other name's ill-fitting, so I tell myself my name is Bitch because I'm still angry with you and the way you scurry everywhere trying to be erased. I am still angry with you, bitch. You can't seem to keep things together, keep this fantasy, build a better escape letter, or peer over to take in the panorama. See the way the sun warms sharp corners and smooths edges. Bitch, you need to be reminded how to stay down. I will keep you down because I am still so mad at you for not finding a voice when you are questioned, for still letting fear rip at your throat and keep you quiet, for only knowing how to say yes, and I will do better. Bitch, what if this is the best you can do? What if, after all this time, the cursing has turned to poison and this body you beat with bloody fists is the only way you will ever live? It's time to call yourself a better name, one that is not your own but could be. 
bitch, you have lost your mind. These last two years, you watched yourself slipping into the husk of your dead mother's life, how daughters seem to fall so close to their mother's steps, how there are ways out yet you don't believe you owe her because all she did was chip into the skull of yours and plant tiny weeds to clutter your vision with too many pests. I keep calling you bitch because I never knew the way to loving you. I didn't get the chance to walk up, my knees buckle under my own weight, my feet blister, didn't get the chance to wrap my arms around you. I just know the words etched into my chest, they bubble through my ribs, make knots between my spine. I want to unhinge each kink that keeps me from breathing, find a way to love you, find a vision that will color you softer, like the stars your name recalls, not the fallen ones your name remembers. I think I know what I should call you. Bjer, like the ones that twinkle in your lover's eyes. Bjer, like the ones that spill open from your children's dreams. Yes, star, like the ones so many look up to at night, wayfinding to find a place called home. All right, all right. No surprise. Another uh, just killer poem by Stella Lee. Um, you're an endless font fount of astonishing poems, Lee. I, I don't know. I feel like at some point you're just gonna read like a pedestrian poem. I'm gonna be like, oh, okay, so Stella is human, but <laughs> I'm not sure that you are, because every month I am just floored by your poems. So uh, thank you, and uh, thank you always for signing up first, <laughs> because it's great to hear your work uh, right at the top of the hour. Um, all right. Our next poet of the night, no stranger to all of you, Arthur Russell. How are you, Arthur? Hi, Jason. Hi, everyone. This is called Blackberry Chronicle. If you have teeth, you can find that blueberry seed deranging your mind. I, I just, it's too small for me to read, Jason. Is there any way to make it bigger? Thanks, I appreciate that. Blackberry Chronicle. If you have teeth, you can find that blackberry seed deranging your mind from its birth in the hermit's cave left by receding gums between tooth numbers 12 and 13 that your tongue has failed to dislodge for 20 minutes while driving to Indianapolis to visit your kids. And then, between wooden ships and Lady of the Island on your favorite CD, the seed comes loose of its own accord and appears on the broad spatula of your tongue, like a penny on a subway stair, ready to be spit out or swallowed. But you neither spit nor swallow. You let it measure itself against infinity in the synagogue of your mouth. And if it made you crazy with annoyance over half of Pennsylvania, willing to trade your kingdom for a toothpick, now, past the exit for Erie, and the late afternoon sky a soggy gray misery streaked with mango yellow, and the impending vision of your Indiana ex opening the door with her lips wrapped around an old hurt you cherish that little blackberry seed. Make it an ermine emperor in the throne room of your mouth, a lonely Jonah where the krill collect, 
until surprisingly easily you deploy those hidden skills your tongue has always had to move the seed to the craggy crest of your bottom front tooth, that plaque gatherer, that floss resistor, and stabilized by the perhaps adhesive, perhaps molasses qualities of saliva, the seed holds still on the central incisor's pinnacle just long enough for the top front tooth to come down and hold it. Oh, the underrated delicacy of the jaw, how it closes with the grace of an orchestra conductor's shallow bow, calipers the seed coat's dimensions, measures its hardness, and transmits its findings to your once playful brain a brain that never wanted anything but monkey bars or Aztec pyramids to climb, but now imagines standing in the doorway, looking over your ex's shoulder to see your daughter in her Cinderella blue and yellow dress and your son a shallow step behind her, jumping some with every step as if to see you sooner, coming down the hall and there in your freighted juggling punch drunk brain passing into Ohio between helplessly hoping and long time gone mirroring the emotion of the setting sun while the commercial lights along Route 80 come on, crying their huckster lots of gasoline and clean toilets as if they knew you, while the ratatat windshield rain so well suited to forgiveness you will never know. Can you go up, please? And the nowhere of the highway make you cry a stupid sob that starts as a swift suck of air and swells, filling the salty lenses that the pooled tears make in your lower lids. And that is the moment you bite down on the blackberry seed, expressing the minute molecular sweetness of its pulp a sweetness so slender and fine and transient, so overlaid with earthiness, so distant that you remember it before you taste it. A taste so faint and innocent, you feel a kinship with its infancy, and your mind goes back to the produce aisle where you bought the blackberries for this trip. And you consider how far they have traveled to reach you and your mind, as though directed to organize a little ceremony in their honor, assembles a slideshow worthy of those sponsorship shorts that they show before the PBS NewsHour, starting with the berry's early life inside the sepal-colored bud, a little dot of angiosperm and then its sunny youthful Mexican expansion, its burgeoning purple growth spurt, and the hot day it was picked, and the dirt in the ridges of the fingerprints of the migrant who picked it, and the black rubber packing plant conveyors, and the many hands it passed through to get to the clear plastic clamshell, and the label with the Peter Max-like fan-shaped sunbeams on top, and the two days in the dark refrigerator truck coming north, the tiny swollen juice 
balloon clusters of each berry chilled almost to a gel before the guy with the ponytail working in that bardo half light your stop and shop gives to the overnight staff to restock shelves a guy who's told you his name but you forgot whose inner life you kick yourself for never having gotten to know better than the crabby choice of sardonic pleasantries that you greet him with at 5 a.m., pulls open the cardboard car crate and puts them out on sale where you find them, half a pint for $5.99 on the rush from Friday work to pack the car to go to Indianapolis to see your kids. All right, thanks very much, Arthur. Thank That's you. Good work, as always. Uh, uh, did you just write this poem recently? Yeah. Nice. Uh, you're writing well, clearly. Our next poet of the evening is Bridget Duffy. Hi. Um, this took a year to write, so let's see how it goes. Strange Spring. When? Spring 2021, New York City. What an odd spring this is. I keep catching flowers cautiously blooming as though they know it's in poor taste. Lying half naked in the park has lost much of its pleasure. Still we go to feel the sun on legs grown pale. As a duty, as a penance, we lay our cheeks against the softening earth to which we so recently returned the dead. Two, spring 2022, New York City. It's warm in the sun, but cool when the wind blows. Teenagers smoke over the railing. Men pull fish from the lake beneath the no fishing sign. The bravest of the sunbathers tug their shirts above their bellies, exposing a winter pail. The clouds move. Boys bounce skateboards off the statue of a dead man. Parents push things in strollers, usually babies, occasionally dogs, and once a lop-eared rabbit, covered in blankets against the possibility of cold. The light makes pictures in the water. Women under 50, over 50, press those wonderful orthopedic shows, shoes into the mud around the lake passing by the lycra-clad women still under. Children never tire of pointing at turtles. A branch shifts, still bare. We thrill at the sight of a goldfinch. We strain to hear its song. All right, thank you, Bridget. Beautiful work as always, uh, so distilled. Uh, okay. Our next poet of the evening, I think we heard him for the first time last month, Evans Pemba. How are you doing tonight? Good morning, Jason. Uh, good morning. It's not morning. <laughs> good evening, Jason. It can be. Uh, I'm, do I'm doing great, thanks. Um, I just decided to go with four haikus today. Um, uh, here's the first one. Old had me down boots. The stench of all their secrets sealed and scotch guard spray. That's the first one. 
The second one, the big bass gurgles, a wet kiss at the new moon, skipping stones on a lake. This is the third one, um, cadaver picnic. And with raucous cacawing, the ravens dance engorged. And then this is my last one. Uh, a pause to nibble gladiolus. A distant cowbell's sad song quiets in mid stanza. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Cadaver picnic. <laughs> it's incredible. Um, yeah, I also love quiets in mid stanza. Right. We haven't had a haiku in a while, but here we had four. Fantastic. For it for the price of one. Thank you, Evan. Evans, sorry. Our next poet of the evening is the one and only Bill Livingston, karaoke maestro and former Yelper of the Year. How are you, Bill? Good. How are you? Good. We need to karaoke soon. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> we got to do it before the baby's born because you're going to be busy. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> okay this is the importance of being wordle look at the ukrainian citizens lining the roads and rivers of blood now look at my wordle kim jong-il is testing his long-range ballistic missiles to flex his power but my wordle is the bomb pray for the south laid to waste in a battery of tornadoes witness the hurricane of genius that is my wordle Drool and envy at the billionaires launching themselves into space. My wordle will knock you beyond the stratosphere until you're weightless. Can you say Supreme Court Justice Katanji Brown Jackson? She can judge my wordle anytime. My wordle laughs at the tumbleweeds blowing through the desolation of Farmville. It melts the pieces of candy crush into a rainbow syrup to pour on the corpses of angry birds for the ants to feast upon. I make sweet bareback love to my wordle, but don't tell my wife who wakes up every morning with my wordle in her face. You think COVID-19 went viral? Have you met my wordle? I show my wordle to the maitre d' before I show my vax card and ID. Look at that cute dog on her lap in the Zoom meeting. Wait, camera on, here's my wordle. Wordle, the star of my dreams, the villain of my nightmares. Behold my wordle, respect my wordle, fear my wordle, wordle to your mother. My wordle will hit you so hard it may be sanctioned, then banned from the Oscars for 20 years. Don't say gay, say wordle. Wordle is my pronoun, wordle is my amateur noun. Let's send Trump to hell, which is basically earth, without wordle and cheese. It's a new wordle order. Everybody wants to rule the wordle. What the wordle needs now is love, sweet love. Here he lies, father, son, husband, brother, friend, poet. But have you seen his wordle? Okay. <laughs> well, I, I don't even know quite what to say, Bill, but uh, I'm just glad that you sung at the end of that because uh, everyone got to hear what I get to hear every time we get together for karaoke. I don't know. Maybe we need to have a Wordle party <laughs> next time. Uh, okay. Um, One of my students, Jacob, was saying that you, you beat him to the Wordle poem. So uh, good job. <laughs> 
Everyone should have a Wordle phone. Yeah, okay. We should have a Wordle yacht, maybe. <laughs> um, our next pro of the evening is uh, one of my brilliant students from Quinnipiac joining us tonight to read for the YAP open mic for the first time. So give her a very warm digital welcome, Jessica Peterson. Hello. Mind and body after Jericho Brown. I will not cut myself in the stomach. I will not confine myself in the head. And I will not idealize a perfect body with my mind disconnected from my body. I promise you, I will not do it in the basement of quarantine or in the gym bathrooms at college. I only know now, my job now is to keep, I only know my job now is to keep myself whole. Yes, I may have cut off pieces before, but I promise you, it was not for me. I love the pieces that make up my body. I trust they work stronger together, run better together, think healthier together, not run from each other, not scattered from the shattered pieces of my mind of my body due to an outsider's touch. Strangers molding minds of young women that we are not enough, that we are what we eat and our minds have no thoughts. I promise you, I will not cut or detach or run for us women are strong. I promise you social media or friends or guys will try to cut close. Even my mind will try to escape. Accountability of my mind and body will not be for I was not born to think this way, to think or be this way. Only will the outsiders try to creep you two away. All right, thanks very much, Jess. Yeah. Powerful poem, uh, remember it well. And uh, shout out to the great Jericho Brown who inspired this poem. But uh, welcome, you did great. Your first yop, open mic. And uh, hope you all show love to Jess in the chat. All right. Our next pro of the evening is Jess Gagne, uh, elementary Montessori teacher in Brooklyn. I got your nice note, Jess, about uh, helping out in the space. I appreciate it. Yeah, I keep trying to remember to say that. It's really like my school is at uh, 212 Hicks, which is like the corner of Hicks and Montague. It's like two blocks away. Mm -hmm. So anything that I can help with, I'm, I'm happy to help with. Yeah, I'll get you on speed dial, I guess. Seriously, seriously. Hey, I need something. I'll be sure to call. Yes, you should. Um, okay. Yes, I do have this open, but now I don't see the Zoom. Sorry. Okay. Um, so um, I'm happy to say that I have been signing up for the open mic every month, like hoping that it will force me to write something new. So this is this is the something new. Um, and it's called. Perseids after the meteor shower in August. Here's the idea. I send my desire for love into the universe and the universe sends me back August meteorites. I don't know how to ask for anything. I stand on the patio at night though, eyes wide open, discussing important matters with the deathless gods. Please, I ask, terrified and unafraid, do not let me forever fail to understand that time made malleable by memory cannot always be bent in a shape that makes sense. A cube-like dream of something perfect, promised, 
an opening window to the brightest traces of what is perpetually just out of reach. I love sleeping alone and I miss not sleeping alone. In the same way I have since before, I even knew that taste on my inner tongue. But sliding down each night, the pleasure of not having to share swallows me whole and from its belly, I struggle to shout, praying to the wrong God on purpose this time. I get it, Penelope, you wanted to be alone. You loved both versions of solitude. It's hard to miss what you miss and want what you want all at once. All right, well done. Congrats on writing a new poem. Uh, I like it a lot, a lot of wisdom, especially in those last lines. It truly is hard to miss what you miss and want what you want all at once. Um, okay, thanks very much, Jess. Our next poet of the night, let me just check if she was indeed converted to a panelist, I think so. Uh, pretty shout. It's great to have you back. Hey, Jason. Um, so this is silenced. Thank you, but I don't need to be here. I did therapy before. I used to run marathons. I used to be in the army. I'll do it because you're such a pretty lady. Can you be my girlfriend? I'm divorced. Are you married? Do you want me? Do you want to marry me? Don't get old. Do what makes you happy. Could you get me water? Could you put cream on me? Push my belly so I can pee. Help me, I fell. Help me, I gotta pee. Can you wipe me? Can you wipe my behind? I can't reach. Help me, I miss my mom. You look like my daughter. Can I pay you for food at the cafeteria? Take me to the cafe so I can buy a bag of Cheetos. Take me outside, I'm sick of being with all these other sick people. All of these people are crazy or old. I don't want, I don't know why they put me here. Do you speak English? Where's your accent from? Take me outside for a smoke. Can you give me my dolly? They won't let me meet my husband. They won't give me my lunch. They won't let me go outside. I wanna die. I wanna die. Don't get old. At night she hits me. He's so rough when he moves me. They never visit me anymore. I used to be a pianist. I used to be an actor. I used to watch young women bend over so I can see up their skirts. I used to be beautiful, now I'm ugly. I look so different since I have come here. Give me my wig, give me my reacher, give me my cane, give me my walker, give me my red lipstick. Can you get wipes for me? Can you get more pillows for me? Can you get me more blankets? It's cold in here. Can you warm up my food? Can you give me more toilet paper? Can you give me my urinal? Don't get old. I never signed up for this. I'm not crazy. I can handle myself. They don't give me food. Someone get me my lozenge. Can I pay you for therapy once I go home? The doctor never came. Help me. I want to go home. I know what to do. I don't need your help. I don't know why I'm here. I'll call the nurse. I'll call the doctor. I'll call the police. I'll call my children. I'll call my wife. I don't need therapy. This is bullshit. My pain is 10 out of 10. Help! Can someone help me? Can someone hear me? Help! I hate this doctor. He purposely left the cancer in me. I hate this fucking place. Everyone is a sadist. If you ask me to do therapy one more time, I will punch you in the face. I don't want therapy. You people are stealing my money. I hate women. 
I hate men. I hate you people. Go back to your country. Don't you people wear a dot on your heads? Where's your dot? You people are taking our jobs. I'm not a racist. I just don't like you. I'm not a racist. I just hate how my neighborhood has changed since I was a kid. I'm not a racist. I just prefer he doesn't come in my room while I'm alone. This is the worst place in the whole fucking world. I heard they purposely spit in the food. I saw a nurse eat somebody's meal. Why is everyone here not listening to me? I want to go home. I need pain meds. I need to talk to my social worker. I need to talk to my POA. My son is a lawyer. My kids use me for my inheritance. I'm divorced. I have no one but my pet. My kids aren't getting a cent. My kids never visit. My pet died. My husband died. I used to hold his hand every night in bed. My wife died. I will never find another woman like her. I don't want to die. I don't want to die alone. I'm scared to die. Don't leave me. I haven't talked to my kids for years. Did you hear the screams last night? I'm screaming, help! No one ever comes! Please, I'm in pain! Help! I heard a patient hung themselves using the call bell. I heard a nurse push the patient over the bed and killed them. I wish my kids would visit. I wish I lived my life differently. I wish I could go home one more time. I wish I could see the fall leaves. I wish I could walk my daughter down the aisle. I wish I could step foot in the grass. I wish I could go to my best friend's funeral. I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish I could hold snow. All right, wow. Thank you, Preeti. Amazing poem. Uh, damn. Um, have you been, Preeti? It's been a while. Yeah, thanks, Jason. Yeah, it's been a while. Hope you're doing well. Congrats, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Clearly, you've been using your time well. Uh, you've yeah. written that poem in the meantime. Uh, our next poet of the evening is Frank Rubino, Pride of New Jersey. How you doing, Frank? Hello. Wow, what a beautiful poem, Preeti, and great poems, everyone. Thank you so much, Luther, for the workshop. I'm going to read something called Have a Target for Your Kindness. I know your flesh needs kindness. I know your hair needs kindness. The inside of your nose. Your detested earlobes, which have done nothing wrong. And your feet knobby and veined. If you want to be kinder, I know your flesh on the inside of your arms, hurting from tattoos, needs kindness. Your jaw, talking and chewing. Your lip, you tap with your finger when thinking. Your lips that part to whisper or stretch around your open mouth when you yell and scream. Your accurate and false words need kindness. Have a target for your kindness if you want to be kinder. Your eyes need kindness. Kind blue, stitched around with indigo. Prada frames. The optometrist diagram illustrates the irregular, regular, regular, irregular of your eyeball with its vein paths, its ciliary zonule, its billion capillary nodes. Your eyes which see and in seeing project the light of thought perception. Your eyes need kindness now, unable to see inside. 
people filled with the urge to destroy, take their energy from this abundance of kindness too, and light up their own confusing, overwhelming, irregular details. What needs kindness more than eyes? What needs kindness more than voice? If you want to be kinder, here is a voice for your kindness. Your arms and legs need kindness, and your genitals and anus. Your sexual imagination that comes from your pelvis needs kindness. Your imagination that comes from your breast and your heart with its fixed number of beats. Every beat needs kindness, and the floppy knit hat you try that won't hold its shape like the cat of thought that rejects a form. Every formless thought around your head needs kindness. Have a target for your kindness if you want to be kinder. How lightly can you touch the shopping cart and make it roll to its nesting place in the other shopping carts? Thanks. All right, thank you, Frank. I've come to know your background game well, and I knew there was a shopping <laughs> I knew there yes. was a shopping cart coming. I like I to put it all together. <laughs> I didn't see it on the first page, but I was like, I'm willing to bet there was one on the second page. <laughs> I love that last image. And uh, I love this refrain of this idea, having a target for your kindness. Sounds like you've been meditating a lot. Is that, is that the case? I, I definitely do a lot of meditation, yeah. All right. Well, it seems to be paying off. <laughs> Thank for, you. for your palms, anyway. Yes. Yeah, it's uh, good for that, for, yeah. <laughs> yeah, hopefully for your kindness as well. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to remember this. I have a target for my kindness. Um, our next of the evening is Desiree Rucker. How are you doing, Desiree? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to read a poem entitled Uncovered. Um, I'm going to open up my document so I can scroll down. Um, back in the day, especially in the spring, when I walked through the island, a concrete atoll in the nation of Walt Whitman, afloat in the universe of public housing, I'd scurry by waving, hurrying, going somewhere with one minute to spare for any of my friends who might lure me to stop and consider. The flotilla of vinyl and metal vessels, pink and blue, pastel blankets flapping in the breeze, the sweet scent of baby powder in the air. They sat there, afloat on wooden benches, pinned to their role, mother, at 15, 16, 17. Some days by the swift ambush of nature, others complicit with the machinations of fate. And I, a student of life, gripping my books and my dreams as tightly to my budding bosom as others grip Kevin and Junie and Paul to theirs, could not fathom how they could bear this heavy burden, this womanhood. Not so unusual that out of sight, after the fall, a panting young male, a scheming snake, a woman uncovered. Now at least I know having the babies kept them honest. Yes, that is the present editing the past as if honesty were the issue and not the hasty retreat of nature. Back when periods were a nuisance and not a hopeful sign and concern about the number of eggs usually involved a recipe. Now I drag dogs, briefcases and too much other, too much other baggage. The empty chairs around my dining table are haunted, I tell you. 
I suspect I cling to the children of friends, perhaps a second too long, and I am a woman uncovered. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Desiree. Beautiful poem. Uh, great ending. Um, the image of the empty chairs around a dining table. Um, my wife and I just recently got a dining table. We don't have any chairs. I like, I couldn't write this poem because <laughs> I don't even have empty chairs around my dining table, but uh, I love that image. Uh, thank you very much, Desiree. Our next poet of the night, another brilliant intern of mine from Quinnipiac University, Jacob Patemri. Making his Yop debut. Hi, um, this is my one of the poems I wrote this semester for Jason Koo's advanced poetry course entitled Childhood Trauma. Childhood trauma, normalized drama, raising me with care was in your honor. Childhood trauma, this floor used to not sting like burning lava. I recall a time where our whole family went to the beach and I was about one year old at the time. And there's this one picture that sits on my mom's Facebook account and it's my sisters and I locking arms while in another picture that I remember deep from the photo book albums covered in the common basement dust, a picture of all five of us. And now for some reason, we all don't know how to trust. Childhood trauma, for 18 long years, I adjusted to this onslaught brought upon by being taught to bundle up your feelings. And remember, there's always somebody who's had it worse than you, had a worse day than you. And my favorite of all, you were meant to feel sad because the people who brought you into this world are fucked up and will either lecture you on sadness or hide that in money or property or gloating. Childhood trauma, it fades like those hideous memories when my children have parents that won't lie or gloat or complain to make themselves look better rather than their beautiful children. All right, beautifully done. Thank you, Jacob. Uh, proud of you, great poem. Uh, for some reason, the ending of this poem made me think of the Frank's mantra, never target for your kindness parents and parents to be like myself i'll try to remember this <laughs> kids are driving crazy so i'm sure they probably will but uh, that's in the future uh, thank you jacob our next poet of the evening is maya huggins another quinnipiac intern and uh famous at awp for looking clearly underage at the bar with all the professional writers <laughs> I was just asking for water. There's no need for her to be rude. Um, but, uh, this is a rare poem, Jason, that you've not seen before from me because I feel like you've almost seen all my work. I haven't seen this one. Um, it's for Parker. In the story of all that I've loved, there has always been you. The start was rocky and wrought with fights. I remember when you made me so angry, I just left, walked straight out the door and into the woods. I remember carefully telling you I was coming back. To you, it was probably an odd detail, but I'd been thinking of leaving for months. The yelling started around then, I think. You couldn't help but lie. My mother was never one to lie down. 
She screamed up a storm so bad, I grew to fear people talking to me. I kept myself locked away in my room waiting. That was around the time I learned to memorize footsteps. I came down the stairs one afternoon after she left. You sat there on the couch, crying. I froze. I didn't help. I just left. You would always hug me or bring me tea, but I guess I was too afraid to help. That was the last time I ever saw you cry. It all grew to be too much. I slowly stopped feeling joy. You slowly stopped feeling anything at all. I remember you telling me there was no point. They, they get mad at you whether you're angry or happy. So what's the point? My heart broke for you that day. I still tell the story of when I went to the hospital for the first attempt. I told you I didn't know how long it would be until I came back home. You waved, didn't even look up. I, I came home the next morning. You never looked at me different. Even after the second attempt and months in that place, you never treated me like a fragile thing. You just asked if I wanted to watch a show together. Watching things with you is a favorite of mine. A small smile of pride appears whenever I get excited at a su particularly surprising twist. You could somehow always find my favorites. I remember when you left, though only for a year, every time I walked down up the stairs, I looked for you, my eyes trained to your spot for the computer. Instead, there was a vacancy. I lived before in the shadows of your misdeeds, thrust into the limelight, the pressure grew. You had been protecting me subtly the whole time. When you came back, it was melancholy. The yelling wasn't directed at you anymore. It was like you were given up on. But you know that. You notice more than people realize. You stayed strong and I got on a roll, forcing myself both to live and thrive. It loomed over all I did. Do you want to end up like your brother? I resented that. I was so wrong about that. To be like you, my hero. What an awful thing to say to your child. I hate how afraid I still am. Not to be like you, but to be treated like you were. The first time I wrote a memoir, I wrote it about you, how your temper slowly softened to a wisp, how you always have a strange tidbit to say, how you made me who I am, how every time I look at you, I'm filled with pride for my older brother. Someone has to be. Wow, thank you, Maya. Uh, I haven't seen that before, but I love it. Um... I wrote that so, for a prompt and then realized I read the prompt wrong. So then I wrote a whole different poem that week. Well, you got two poems out of it. And uh, this one is, is, is awesome. Uh, a lot of great endings tonight. It's another ending that I love. Someone has to be. That tone is uh, layered. <laughs> um, all right. Thanks very much, Maya. Our next reader tonight is this feels like the quinnipiac honor roll uh melissa i guess they're all bunched together tonight melissa cream another one of my quinnipiac interns making her yop debut tonight hi everyone okay my poem's called the look this poem is to all my beautiful people i quickly grabbed my jacket and ran towards the room door that was jammed open with my purse that had fallen flat on its stomach and now blocked my clear exit, but I still managed to escape and get out of the cluttered room that closed in on me. 
And as I ran out of my room into the beautiful world, I felt people's eyes tear into my skin. And I started to check my face and hair making sure I wasn't a mess, but I found no noticeable imperfections. But as I looked around, I realized that they were staring at something I could not change. Thank you guys. Okay, thank you, Melissa. Well done. I love this poem. Love the theme. Uh, reminds me of Quinnipiac <laughs> in unfortunate ways. Uh, I'm sure you know. Our next poet of the night is Haley Stahl, a writer and researcher living in New York. There she is. Um, okay, this is called Work Worship. My sister cleans the sink, then feels depressed. I put the dust in a sieve to see what's there. Sound waves, she says, will surprise you. She picks at dry skin on her lips and starts to bleed. And you know, she says, perception is reality, but this, this is different. This, she says, is relatively dysfunctional. Yeah, I say. I watch a fire ant crawl across the wall, but I say nothing. You know, I say, they say the real is sublime. That's not quite it, she says. It's that the sublime is real. I blush and take a bite of jello. All right, thank you. I love this. I love the title and I love this ending. I blush and take a bite of jello. Uh, I did not see that coming, uh, but uh, it feels inevitable somehow. All right, thank you, Haley. Our next part of the evening is Danielle Gasparo. Danielle, have you been living in the Hudson River Valley this whole time and I didn't realize I that? I know, you are my neighbor. I'm just east of Beacon, so we should toast. Have we not talked about that before? <laughs> no, but I, I will be, I'll invite you to some things behind the scenes because I'm doing to do some stuff up here. So maybe we Wait, can what's meet. The, what's the city you live in? Uh, Hopewell, Hopewell okay. Junction, which is about, I don't know, five to 10 miles east of Beacon. <laughs> In a beautiful farmhouse. I'm happy to say this is not a Zoom uh, farmhouse <laughs> image. <laughs> it's actually like 1800 farmhouse. So nice. yeah. All right. Thanks for asking, Jason. Yeah. All right. So let's see here. By the way, here we go. Play ball, right? <laughs> so this is my father's baseball cap. My father has passed, been passed for 11 years now. So this was his cap. Um, and just to say a little poetic segue that this uh, San Miguel di Bari is the title of the poem and that's the village in Italy where my father's family is from. So, San Miguel di Bari. The non-chance glances of the old Italian man who keeps riding by on the world's most battered bicycle do not in any way creep me out. They might in some other town, on some sorry we're closed side street stumbled upon in the unplugged hour of a neon night. Time-killing dream teams lost in transfiction, happy hour bros who know the score, hashtag you're it, one bar, three bars, no bars, who's got bars? Hey, pretty lady, hey, we won, but not here. Here, inside this corridor, have I sauntered all night? Silent ceremony ignites, marking the occasion, again, of the Poulian dawn. 
prima luce, possibilita, onto cold medieval stone, and that man is wearing a pinstripe suit as he chariots a loaf of bread tucked inside a threadbare basket fastened to two tarnished bars. He handles with a sincerity I may never know. I wonder if he stood inside that schoolroom last night in that crescent of brass playing gents who crescendoed right through the midnight moon. Perhaps he played the tuba. It was a dusty window that I peered through. <laughs> All right, beautiful yeah. poem. Thank you, Jason. Beautiful Salute. Italian accent as well. <laughs> Forget about it. <laughs> Grateful for perhaps, my heritage, clearly. Perhaps he played the tuba. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, great poem. I'm sure you Thank you, Jason. Appreciated it. Yeah. All right. I'll see you around. The I will day, see you. I guess. Stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> All right, our next poet of the evening, uh, newly minted Brooklyn Poets Fellow, Seth Leeper. Hello. All right, uh, thanks for allowing me to read. Everyone's work has been really great tonight. Here we go. Parable. Picture it. Long ago, there was a woman. She bought a house, and then a lawn, then a baby sapling, she dug a hole in the center of the lawn, placed the sapling in the ground. She took her shovel and smoothed a small mound of dirt around it. Through arid summers and wet winters, the woman and her two children came and went without thinking much of it, until the, until the willow grew tall and sprouted arms that could hold the children beneath its canopy. The children carved their names in the bark. The children grew too tall to squeeze between the branches. The staccatoed voice of adolescence pulled them away just as the willow was coming into itself. The willow found a well in the ground. It drank of this well from its roots and its growth surpassed the untested strength of the boy and the moon growing inside the girl. Its height rivaled the stories of the house in which the woman and her children slept. The willow watched as first the girl, then the boy, ducked into cars and drove away. The willow saw the windows of the house darken, the shades pulled closed. The girl and the boy came to visit the mother, then they drove away again. The willow's trunk expanded, claimed a wider berth of the lawn. Its roots grew thick and stalwart. They grew deep into the ground and far under the foundation. Some nights the willow cradled the house while it listened to the mother weep. It noticed the doors of the house began to creak, the frames to sag, each window a crooked, empty portrait. Some mornings the mother would come outside, hold a coffee cup, look at the willow, its sturdy top roots sprawled out like a mosaic beneath the green. The mother would hang her head, then go inside. One day there were trucks in the driveway. The mother placed boxes inside them. The trucks drove away and the mother drove behind them. Men in hard hats came with papers, talked amongst themselves, looked up at the willow, shook their heads. Its roots were entangled with the pipes. Its roots were strong enough to split the foundation. The men left, 
They came back with tools and large vehicles with tentacles, one of which latched itself onto the trunk of the willow and yanked it straight out of the ground. The willow lay on its side, suspended in the air, while the men looked at the gaping hole in the ground, their mouths open and long ovals. Inside the hole where the willow had been was a spotted fawn bleating a song that followed the men back to their homes, followed the track that drove the willow to the lumberyard, sang over the buzzing of the saw that fashioned the willow into neat flammable cylinders, stacked and forgotten in the back. In the night, the girl and the boy sat up in their beds, stirred by the dirge of the morning fawn. Right. Thank you, Seth. Fantastic poem. Uh, like fable-like, it's a little bit, little bit Brid Bridget Pegeen Kelly-like. Yes, I should probably put it out there. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, All day. Thank you. I think that was Joe. <laughs> okay. Uh, our next. Oh, sorry. <laughs> our next poet is uh, Vale Larkin. I guess uh, we got to you, Vale, before the 9.30 mark, so uh, we're good. Thank you. This isn't about hope. This isn't about hope anymore. This isn't a promise for a better tomorrow. I'm not singing of spaceships and walks in the sun. This isn't about hope. Hope is for children still shy of the world. Hope is for fools who never learned wisdom. They sure love the Buddha, they say, as they smudge with sweet grass they stole in prayers and languages they don't understand. But they forget lesson one. This plane is pain, princess. Hope is for foolishness, for play, at best for love and poetry. This isn't about hope. Let me welcome you here to this planet. She moves, grows, she thinks and considers. Her temper and tenderness surround all her children, and every wonder you've dreamed of is carried with her through a vastness we never will see. Let me welcome you, destroyer, to this planet, where children are monsters and tear up their homes, where knowledge brings violence, where the brutal overpower the strong. Here we have pain, loves. Here we have torture upon torment and lies upon greed. You have desperation, destroyers. This isn't about hope. Do you remember the first time you found something alive to love? Imagine loving every life. Imagine all that love attuned, all resonating. This isn't about hope, though. The tide we summoned is here. The seas shift, then the land, then the poles, and we will be undone, almost certainly. Undone, maybe not in Armageddon. More like thin, clinging remnants of humanity, lingering in derelict, anachronistic lives. Do you remember learning that there are indigenous societies where rape does not exist? Do you now? This is about movement. This is about accepting the catastrophes we have called up for ourselves and for billions who never asked for transformation. Stop. Stop hoping. This is about how we have to stop the war against our mother, against our home, against ourselves. 
against all those trillions of innocents everywhere. Save what we can if that isn't ourselves. We never earned the right to the life of a leviathan. This is about mercy. This isn't about hope. Right, thank you, Vale. Amen to that. This is about mercy. This isn't about hope. Um, another great poem, Vale, and uh, another great ending tonight. Uh, guys are, are killing it tonight, especially with your endings. Okay, uh, where are we? I think we are close to the end of the open mic lineup uh, because Bonnie unfortunately could not make it. Just gotta, uh, had to bow out. And uh, I believe then that Tawanga Leslie is our final poet, but I'm gonna make sure to scroll down <laughs> to the end to make sure I haven't forgotten somebody. So uh, give it up for Tawanga Leslie. Thanks. Thanks. And Taonga. <laughs> um, thanks, y'all. Sorry about back. that. Taonga. I don't know how to talk about my Blackness. I didn't figure it out in time to apply for that fellowship. I didn't figure it out in time for Kwanzaa or that reading on Black Joy. I didn't get one salvageable poem out of BLM, if you can believe that. I don't know how to think about my blackness. Is it a black dog that comes when it's called? Is it like Peter Pan's shadow, something I can unstitch? Is it like Teflon, something I can unstick? It seems to slide right off me. I don't know how to talk about the nothingness where my blackness should be. The conversation about my comatose body that my mind has absented itself from. My mind crosses the universe and comes back, crosses the universe and comes back about a thousand times before I realize you're still talking about me. Maybe these 30 years have been a gesture. I'll be black if you'll be black or you'll be white. But deep down, I think this is only my avatar, a costume I'll be zipping out of the reality of my eternal being barely peeking through. Before I leave here, I'd like to feel my blackness. I'd like to love my blackness. I'd like to make peace with my blackness. I wait for my blackness to come home every night, watching from the stoop as the streetlights come on. I want to tell it it's forgiven. If you see my blackness out in the neighborhood, Tell it I'm still looking. Thanks. Okay. Wow. What a great poem, Donga. Um, a great way to end. I love this poem. Timely, smart, uh, incredibly self-aware. Um, I believe that is the end. <laughs> um, so uh, we will go back through this and Ta'anga, am I saying that right? I need to make sure I'm getting it yes. right. Three syllables as so you've got that down. First one's ah, second one's oh. Okay. Ta'anga, Leslie. Um, Perfection. All right. I'm sure I've been screwing it up uh, in my stupid sort of ways. Uh, Ta'anga, Leslie. Uh, going back through the open mic, uh, 
Bonnie did not read, Vail Larkin was before that. Again, let me pause to tell you uh, how to vote for poem of the month, 718-374-1953. Just text me the poet's name and uh, that will suffice. Before Vail Larkin, we heard from Seth Leeper. Didn't skip anyone, did I? Yes. Uh, Seth Leeper with Parable. Before Seth, we heard from Danielle Gasparo. Before Danielle, Haley Stahl. Before Haley, Melissa Corrine, The Look. Before Melissa, Maya Huggins for Parker. Before that, uh, Brenda did not read. Before Maya, we heard from Jacob Potemri, Childhood Trauma. Before that, we heard from Desiree Rucker, Uncovered. Before Desiree, Frank Rubino, have a target for your kindness, the shopping cart at the end. Before Frank, we heard from Preeti Shah, silenced. Before Preeti, we heard from Jess Gagne. Uh, before Jess, we heard from another Jess, Jessica Peterson, mind and body, after Jericho Brown. Before Jessica Peterson, we heard from Bill Livingston, the importance of being wordle. Uh, gave the number again is 718-374-1953. Just check the chat, folks. Uh, you will see it. In fact, it's right above where you texted me, Gabe. <laughs> uh, before that, we heard from Evans Pemba with four haikus. Before Evan uh, Evans, we heard from Bridget Duffy, Strange Spring. Uh, before that, we heard from Arthur Russell, it's Epic Blackberry Chronicle. And I believe we are now all the way back to the beginning with the one and only Stella Lee. I don't know how to say I love you. Uh, before that was, was Luther Hughes. Uh, you can't vote for Luther. I mean, you can. It's a free country, but uh, Luther is not allowed to win. <laughs> the mic since Luther is the feature reader. Uh, again, uh, the number to vote for Poem of the Month, 718-374-1953. Just text me the poet's name. Uh, I'm going to put this again in the chat, although it's, there's, it's literally the last thing that's in the chat, so <laughs> I'm not sure that that helps that much. Um, Again, if you could send us your selfies, coup at brooklynpoets.org or just tag us on Instagram or on Twitter, uh, that would be great. And uh, we'll be sure to reshare those photos and include them in our events gallery. Um, our next YOP that you can sign up for already, in fact, uh, I peeked at my email and I've already got a number of people that have signed up, uh, is on May 9th, the second Monday of the month, in May, and that will be led by uh, C, uh, also known as Constantine Jones. Some of you may know C as Constantine Jones. Uh, they go by C now, uh, and that is sure to be great. Uh, that is, what is that? One, two, three, four weeks from now. And as I mentioned, we published the uh, Yop Open Mic as a podcast called The Yopcast. We'll probably be publishing that in a couple of weeks. You can subscribe to that in iTunes, and we'd love it if you would rate us five stars, I'm sure. Uh, the poets that read for the open mic would love it because that will help more people find uh, the poems. Again, if you want to sign up for the open mic, I encourage you to sign up as soon as possible. In fact, right now is probably the best time because the open mic lineup, especially since we moved to the Zoom format, will fill uh, very quickly, usually within a day, if not sooner than that. Um, again, 
Uh, we do have a reading next Thursday, April 21st, that we will uh, send out a newsletter out about tomorrow. Uh, we started promoting it on social media last week, uh, April 21st, 7 p.m. Eastern time on Zoom, free and open to the public. Uh, poets Ananda Lima, Eugenia Lee, and Tom Slay will be reading. Uh, and that is sure to be a good one. Again, that is free. Just need to register on Zoom. So go to brokenpoets.org, look under events, and look for the reading series, and you will find the info with the uh, Zoom registration link. If you're subscribed to our newsletter, then you will see the newsletter tomorrow. And be sure to check check your promotional folder because that is where they banish all newsletters now. Um, or just follow us on social media, and you will get uh, the announcements on social media. Uh, as Joe said, pre-order Luther's book. Uh, you will not regret it. Uh, we're planning to have Luther back. Uh, I say back, but you've never actually physically been with us for reading. You did read for staff picks, I think it was last year, two years ago, virtually. But uh, we're going to have Luther come out to Brooklyn, cross the coast uh, once we open the space. And uh, we're, I think we're tentatively planning in November after the book comes out. So, so that is sure to be fun. And uh, we'll, we'll be sure to pair Luther with some other kick-ass poets. Okay, I appreciate you all. Thank you for joining us. Uh, thanks again for your fantastic poems, both uh, during the open mic and also during the workshop. Um, I'm looking at my screen and for some reason I am fuzzy. I don't know what happened, but uh, I probably spit on my camera, which is great. Uh, I am going to eat dinner now and uh, I wish you all a good night. Be well and be safe and uh, we will see you in May. Alrighty, take care. Bye everyone. There you have it, the Brooklyn Poets Yop for April 11th, 2022. Thanks to brilliant poet Luther Hughes for leading our Yop workshop for the very first time and kicking off the open mic hour with uh, incredible work. Luther's new book coming out this fall. And uh, as I said at the end of the podcast, we hope to have Luther out to read for the Brooklyn Poets Reading Series uh, probably in November. And uh, that will be in our new space at 144 Montague Street. Uh, if all goes to plan, and our plan at the moment is to open in early July. So uh, tentatively mark your calendars. We are planning slash hoping that that happens and that no uh, curveballs are thrown at us, especially by COVID. Congrats to longtime Yopper Preeti Shah for winning Yop Poem of the Month again for April. This is not the first time Preeti has won this award. In fact, she won it last year, was one of our 12 finalists for Yop Poem of the Year last year, and will be a finalist for this year as well. So congrats to Preeti. We love your work, and uh, we love uh, the fact that you won again because uh, it shows that people in our audience have taste. If you are not subscribed yet to the Yopcast, we encourage you to do so and to rate us five stars on iTunes as it helps more listeners find the poets reading for the open mic. Our next Yop comes your way on May 9th, second Monday of the month as usual. This will be led by C. Uh, some of you know C as Constantine Jones, 
they will be leading a fantastic workshop, I am sure. So um, you can sign up for that, bookandpost.org. Look under events, look under YOP. Sign up for the workshop and Oracle Mike. Get your ticket in advance. That will be on Zoom again. As will the June YOP. And again, our tentative plan is to have the July YOP in person. So uh, this will be the penultimate, hopefully the penultimate, virtual YOP on Zoom. Okay, that is it. Uh, Hope you enjoyed this. Uh, Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll catch you next month. Take it easy.